Greetings, and welcome to the latest episode of the Omniverse. Uh, things have been hopping this week, uh, as, as usual. I've been writing, I've uh, been appearing on podcasts, and just generally uh, trying to keep my head above water. Uh, so this week's story is one that I wrote a while back, and I love the EC Comics. Uh, this isn't another Grim Reader story, although I do have one in mind that I will eventually be writing. But it's uh, it still very much comes out of my love of a good revenge story, uh, as well as uh, one that combines some of my favorite horror elements. Uh, I won't go into any detail, but suffice to say, I think you'll enjoy it and its dark humor. Uh, this week's reader uh, may or may not be familiar to you guys. His name is Keith Latch. Uh, I've known him for a while. Uh, he and I... Uh, have um, traded some emails and talked a bit about podcast fiction. He uh, has done some podcast fiction in the past. I uh, hope that he will return to the space in the near future. He has, uh, this is his bio from his Smash Words page. Keith is happily married, father of one, career minded, and a little bit of a square. Nonetheless, at times he finds himself looking to the stars for orbiting alien spacecraft and has been known to carry an enchanted sword in the trunk of his car. Oh, and that hockey mask and machete in the back seat. That's just for Halloween. <laughs> so that's Keith's bio. Um, hope you enjoy this story. And before we get to the story this week, I just want to remind you about 52 Weeks of Indy, 52.scottroche.com. Also, I am thrilled to announce that this podcast has been nominated for the Parsec Awards. This is an annual podcast audio drama award sh uh, show that takes place at Dragon Con. And uh, I am just thrilled that somebody out there thought of my little podcast when they thought of the Parsecs. I will be uh, working over the next couple of weeks to get their audio sample back so that, so that their little... A uh, cadre of judges can have their way with it, uh, so no idea if I'll win, but uh, here's hoping. Uh, in any case, it means a few new ears will be listening to this audio, so it's another reason why I'm glad to have such talented people working on it. Uh, so with all that out of the way, let's get on to this week's story, Truth is No Stranger to Fiction. Mr. Ricardo entered the disgusting little greasy spoon and immediately felt the need to send himself to the dry cleaner. A man of his caliber rarely had to handle assignments like this. This called for a deft hand though and it couldn't be trusted to his underlings. He spotted his lunch appointment and glided to the table. The young man he was there to meet wore jeans and a denim shirt. He was the hub of the diner's sparse lunch crowd, everyone choosing tables near him. Good afternoon, Mr. King, Ricardo said. May I join you? His accent was slight, one most people labeled as Northeastern, but it was more a product of attending the best schools than of geography. Of course you can, son. That's why I called you. Have a seat. King resumed eating the rest of his sandwich. Ricardo could see the bread had been fried crisply, no doubt in lard, and wrinkled his nose. In spite of his apparent eating habits, King had the body of an athlete. He pulled out the chair and almost sat without looking. Thankfully, he saw the faint sheen of grease on the hard plastic first. He pulled a few napkins from the aluminum dispenser and wiped at the seat. It was fruitless. He sat and made a note to send the dry cleaning bill to King. May I ask you why you did call me here? 
King wiped his face and nodded, swallowing the last bite of his sandwich. Yeah, some information has recently come into my hands which may be of interest to you. I know it was interesting to me. What may that be? Ricardo raised an eyebrow. Wait just a minute. King held out a hand. Not everyone's arrived. His sharp blue eyes flicked over Ricardo's shoulder. Ah, here's our next visitor now. Have a seat, Mr. Gray. Ricardo's head swiveled to follow his host's eyes. A wizened man in a long trench coat, wraparound shades, and a baseball cap, all of which were at least two sizes too large, took his place at the table. Ricardo knew the cap hit a bald head and the shades mass eyes sensitive to the dimmest light. He also now knew this meeting was trouble. Good afternoon, Mr. Gray. I can't tell you how pleased I am to see you. A gnarled hand with impossibly long fingers brought something not unlike a vocoder up to Gray's throat. He pressed a button and rasped out one word. Liar! It hung there in the stale, greasy air. Okay, folks, it's closing time. Everybody out! The new voice rumbled from the front of the diner. Ricardo turned again to see the voice's owner. The massive man dressed in overalls and a dirty apron moved to start hustling people out. They left faster when they discovered he wasn't picky about whether or not you had paid. Thanks, Tiny, said the soft-spoken Mr. King. He slid his now empty plate away. I figured our meeting was about to start. Tiny locked the door behind the last patron. He then walked to the tables, popping his knuckles as he lumbered. King nodded his head. And right you are, son. We're only missing Mr. Boyd. Tiny nodded. He's already here, Chief. I let him in this morning. He's hanging around out back. Yo, Boyd! The doors to the kitchen swung open, revealing a figure in a poncho with a hood up. You always did like your entrances, Ricardo said. Years in the circus. The words were silken, but had a husky quality, which prevented them from being pleasant. All of the parties gathered around the table, only Tiny electing to stand. No seat in the place looked up to the task of holding him. All of the parties gathered around the table, only Tiny electing to stand. No seat in the place looked up to the task of holding him. Ricardo glanced around the table. Well, Mr. King here tells me he has information that might be of interest to me. The fact you are all gathered here tells me one thing. A fact made him nervous, the light sheen of perspiration giving it away. But I will leave it to your spokesperson to elaborate. And I will, son, I will. You see, about a year ago I ran into Boyd at a club gig I was doing in Reno. We got to talking over drinks. I never refused a fan no matter how homely. And we discovered we had our little periodical in common. He leaned forward on his elbows. It seems he was searching for your victims, and I was first on his list. I was easy enough to find. We managed to locate Tiny at a bar in Saskatchewan, and we picked up Gray in Arizona. Gray continued the story. We then all compared notes, Ricardo. It appears you have been giving us all the shaft. The vocoder made the harsh words even harsher. Ricardo reacted with practiced surprise. Victims? Shaft, my paper has been kind to you all, Mr. King, who provided you with liposuction and detox, not to mention plastic surgery and personal trainers. 
King slammed his fist on the table. You promised me a comeback. I'm doing gigs and truck stops. As it is, I'm going to have to real build my career by myself, and I'm not getting any younger. You must bide your time, sir. Turning his gaze to the cloaked figure, Ricardo continued ignoring the tirade. Mr. Boyd, we found you a loving home, even if it was amongst the gypsy folk. The cloaked figure stood, both hands gripping the edge of the table. I was abused and made into a freak show. What kind of life is that for a child? Ricardo made a dismissive wave. Certainly better than a dank cave, and now thanks to our connections, you have entertained all over the world. Boyd grabbed a butter knife from a place sitting and buried it halfway into the tabletop. Entertained? I was mocked and spat on by tourists. They gawked and laughed. Starting at the outburst, Ricardo regained his composure and moved his eyes to the next person at the table. As for you, Mr. Gray, we have kept the government off your back during your vacation of almost 50 years now. The baseball cap's bill moved from side to side. You said you could introduce me to world leaders. I am now not only hiding from them in this atmosphere of paranoia you helped create, but my own people are seeking me. When the world is ready for you, we will help you. And Tiny, do you have any idea how expensive electrolysis is? All we asked for was exclusive rights to your stories. That does not seem like too much to ask. Tiny snapped the broomstick he'd been leaning on in two. The crack made Ricardo jump. We aren't blind, Ricardo. We know you're jerking us around. We see how much money you and your ilk have made off of our backs and others like us. Ricardo shrugged. What can I say? It was cheaper to hire out hacks to write your real stories than it was to hire people with any imagination. For us, it was a no-brainer. So let us behave like gentlemen. I expect in exchange for services rendered and promises unkept. You want a bigger piece of the action? Is that it? He sneered as he reached into his jacket. Frankly, I expected as much. He was shocked when he felt strong arms grab him from behind. He had forgotten how quickly Tiny could move. Now, Mr. Ricardo, said Gray, we want vengeance with a side of irony. He pulled a black box from his trench coat, pointed it at Ricardo, and pushed a button. Ricardo felt his whole body go numb. The last thing he saw was Boyd's demonic face with its pointed ears, soulless eyes, and rows of needle-sharp teeth coming at his face from under the poncho's hood. A familiar face looked at the magazines while waiting at the checkout. The headlines for all of them were in agreement for a change. Tabloid owner found dead in local diner. Head missing. Blood drained. More on page 23. He grinned. Picked one of them out and threw it on top of his purchases. He put his keys on the counter while he wrote out a check. Something on the keychain caught the young clerk's eyes. Cool, man. Is it a real shrunken head? The man winked at him. Course not, son. I ordered it out of the back of one of those rags, and you know there's not a scrap of truth anywhere in those things. Last year, the Wave the Buffalo podcast presented the first two chapters of Sarah Deemer's groundbreaking debut novel, The Dark Wife, read by Parsec Award finalist Veronica Jiguer of The Secret World Chronicle and The Ballad of Iron Percy. We were happy to bring this unique twist of an ancient tale to our listeners, and now we'd like to present the rest of the book as an audiobook, for free online. But we can't do it without your help. 
we've started a Kickstarter campaign to raise the funding we need to make this project a reality. We're trying to raise $1,000 to hire back Veronica to finish the narration, as well as pay licensing costs for music and sound effects. For more information, or to donate, visit kickstarter.com and search for The Dark Wife, or find The Dark Wife page at wayofthebuffalopodcast.blogspot.com. Thanks for your help.